We have been running that play since, since training camp. And uh, every time I run it, I just try to get really tight off JJ's heel. So I really actually scored on that like way back in training camp, like the same way. And I tried to do the same thing in the game, and I executed it. At number seven, he, he carried me and then he dropped me and I seen Kurt and threw it. And after that, it was over. And as I caught it, everything after that was a blur. Um, and it was just a, a dream come true. Welcome to the Audible presented by Verizon. With Verizon 5G quality, Minnesota can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. This is episode three of the Audible. Ben Lever is here as always. My name is Gabe Henderson. And Ben, we have some special, special guests tonight. Wide receiver studs, Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne. You spent some time with K.J. Osborne this week, right? I did. I did. We were at a Habitat for Humanity build. Okay. And... Um, let me just say that he should stick to football <laughs> and maybe not go into construction. Uh, I believe, and we'll get his reaction and talk to him about this, but I believe this is the first time he's ever uh, hung drywall or used a, uh, any sort of power tool, it seemed. <laughs> so but, it showed. Uh, it showed. It, it showed. It definitely, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely showed. Well, well, what he showed us on the field, which you said he should stick with, was a big game this past Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, we lost that 34 to 33. You can blame it on so many different factors, but we're two plays away from being 2-0, yeah. and K.J. Osborne has been great in both of those games. So when you look at just his play on top of Justin Jefferson, what, what stood out to you? Clutch. Yeah. I mean, I know that we can – we can talk about the big uh, fancy play, you know, early in the game where he, he gets loose for a big touchdown. Um, we all love to see those explosive plays. And I like, to, I like to now see that we have three guys out there in the wide receiver group that can be explosive players. Um, I think the thing from the first game to the second game that's really impressed me is they trust him so much mm -hmm. in clutch situations. Mm -hmm. When it's third and fourth and got to have it, they've looked to KJ. Yeah. He's made some really tough catches Huge. in traffic with people around him. That, to me, I think is more important because we have the two guys on the outside already in, in JJ and Thielen that we know what they can do in space, but we're all, the complimentary third receiver kind of has to do it all. Right. You know, and he's proven already within two games he can do it all. And you talk about that trust and the coaches trusting him. I think it's more for him trusting himself. And being a former slot receiver and myself, you don't get the ball every play. You're not in every personnel. You're not the X or the Z receiver that's getting 60 to 70 reps a game or 60 to 70 snaps a game. So when you get those 30 to 35 snaps, you really have to trust that, hey, I'm not going to get this play, but if I do, mm -hmm. I can take it to the house. And I feel like his mindset has changed of more so, hey, I just got to get in where I fit in versus, hey, I'm a guy too. Like, I can come in here and make plays. And that's what you need going forward. And I think we have identified our wide receiver three. I know in episode one of the Audible, we talked about Irv Smith Jr. being out. Who's going to step up? We don't mm -hmm. know who that guy is going to be. Well, I think there's no question now who it is. We've, we've yeah. started yeah. Uh, both games, Cincinnati and Arizona, in 11 personnel. That means three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end for fans who don't know what that is. And we know Mike Zimmer or Kubiak, they don't run a lot, they don't run a lot of 11 personnel. So that's a lot of trust. It's a lot of, it's a lot of trust. And, you know, I got to give him a lot of credit because and now you would understand this being the, as a slot guy yourself, that the number of targets you're going to get at the end of the game when you tallied up 
might be five or six. That's a good, that's a good day. And that's a good day of targets. So every one of those opportunities is weighted twice as much as Justin's, yeah. as, as Adam's. You know, if, if Justin walks away with 10 targets, you know, seven catches in one drop, you, you forget about that. Right. You know, but if you're a slot receiver guy and you get five targets and you got a drop in there, hmm. people start to question you a little bit <clears throat> about whether or not you can handle that role. So I, I love the fact that he's, he's stood up and risen up when, when his, uh, his number's been called. Yeah, the receiving, the pass game has been phenomenal the past couple of weeks. Kirk Cousins has been great. Uh, we just got to put it together. But I want to move to the defensive side of the ball because there are a lot of positives to take away there. Even though we gave up 34 points last week, you can still see flashes here and there. Oh, man, like this guy did. Like Eric Kendricks made a good play. Right. Man, great coverage right there by Cam Dantzler or somebody else. Or pick six, Nick Vigil. When you look at this defensive side of the ball, what positives do you take away going forward to Seattle? Well, obviously, we gave up some stuff in the scramble coverage drill. You know, we didn't plaster our guys in certain situations, and that's tough because Kyler's special like that. And, <clears throat> you know, it's really hard to, uh, to always be on your guy in those situations. But the things that, I, that I, I walked away with is I think our front four is playing outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And, and I think our ability to move guys around, you can't just focus on Daniil being on the right side or the left side. And then you have to marry that up with all the other pass rushers that we have, including Michael Pierce now, who's not just a run stopper. Yeah. So I, I really love the combinations that we have in the front four. I think the emergence of Nick Vigil has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what we were going to get out of Nick Vigil. We didn't know what this front seven was going to look like with no Anthony Barr. Yep. And, and I know that whenever he comes back, this defense is going to be even better. But as of right now, Vigil's his play has been, you, you kind of forget that we have, yeah. you know, an Anthony Barr on the sideline. And I'm not trying to slight him. I just want to elevate Vigil's play and how much he's kind of taken over that role. Um, so really happy with the way our front seven has played, you know, back four guys. You know, as long as we, as long as we don't take our eyes and take them to places they're not supposed to go and not get caught up in the backfield and we really just truly play our coverage, I, I think we're, we're good. And that's just a discipline thing. Yeah, discipline for sure. And they're going to need a lot of discipline this upcoming Sunday against the, against the Seattle Seahawks. Good thing we saw Kyler Murray a week ago because we kind of have a, a recipe for how to game plan against mm. a mobile quarterback. I know Russell Wilson is light years ahead of Kyler Murray, but it, I feel like last week was good practice for this week because we know Russell Wilson, 7-0 against this Vikings team. We, I mean, the last time we beat the Seattle Seahawks, you were playing. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. So th this is going to be a, a big game on Sunday, but more importantly, before we talk about the game, it will be, on Sunday, it will be 637 days wow. that has passed since we have had a regular season home game with fans. So that energy against the Seattle Seahawks. How excited are you? And I'll give you my thoughts after, but how excited are you just to like see the, the purple faithful screaming as loud as they can for this Vikings team? You know, I'm always excited for the season opener at home. Um, and, um, you know, the first game of the season at home for the, for the Vikings every year because I, I, it's a special place. You know, whether it's at the old Metrodome or whether it's at U.S. Bank Stadium, our fans are incredibly loud. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly passionate. And to miss that last year, it just everything felt empty. Mm -hmm. The stadium's empty. The season kind of felt empty. The energy was empty. Um, so I'm excited to get to get out there, be on the sideline, and and feel it. You know, that is a place where you can feel it pulsing through you. And you know, it, it's a, uh, you know, you, you gotta 
you got to check your heart when you go in there <laughs> to make sure that it's going to be okay because it's going to, you know, you're going to get some chills. You're going to have an elevated heart rate. Um, it's a lot of fun. Well, Ben, one thing I like about this show is that we get to talk football in the beginning, and then later on we get to talk to some of the players. Of course, K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, they're joining the show. We get to talk a little ball, a little off-the-field stuff with them. But I got to give my final thoughts before we get to those guys. Sure. My final thoughts is we have to finish strong. I'm not talking about the fourth quarter. I'm talking about the second quarter. We haven't finished strong against the Cincinnati Bengals or the Arizona Cardinals the past two weeks. We've, I think we're averaging uh, 15 and a half second quarter points given up as a defense. Uh, so far this year, and we know the Seattle Seahawks, they are the best second quarter team in the NFL right now. So I think the outcome of this game will be dictated in the second quarter the way it has been the last two games. We've given up 31 points, and I think Mike Zimmer, he's drilling that this week. Hey, finish strong. Don't, don't miss three tackles to Rondo Moore right before the half and then prompts a 62-yard field goal from Matt Prater. Let's finish strong and win these tight quarters and come out of the half with some juice and some energy because you can go up. Going into the half, you know, 24-21 yeah. or say it's, you know, we're up by seven and then they score a touchdown, that takes all the momentum, all the energy from, from you when you're trying to build on something. As an opposing team, it's like, hey, we just score it. We get the ball back next half. Let's go score again, and which teams have done. They have scored on the opening drive, I guess not last week, but the second drive of the game against the Cardinals, they scored on the, sec the second drive of the second half. The Car I mean, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, they scored the opening drive, so it's like, Hey, let's let's finish strong and then build on that. Keep that momentum going to the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, I feel like that'll play its way out through the game. Your yeah, final thoughts. you know, I I do. Um, I like that idea of just finishing strong, not just because everybody always thinks finishing strong means the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. um, but I I will take it a step further and, I, and agree with you that we got to finish each half strong. But I think just the bottom line is we need just to stay and play aggressive throughout you know take it quarter by quarter and and we just got to keep our foot down on the gas the whole time mm -hmm. like there's no there's no letting up even even if it looks like at the end of the first half it looks like seattle's just kind of run the clock out well as a defensive player mentality is like I, i'm still going for the tfl yeah. um, i'm not i'm not taking my foot off the gas like Good things are still going to happen, and, and like you said, it can carry into the second half. But, um, you know, look, I, I think that as long as we come out and play clean, that was yeah. the biggest thing from first week to, to the second week. Our offensive line played clean. Um, that's, the, that's the best uh, that they've played so far. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, as a total, as a team, we didn't have a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Mm -hmm. um, you protect Kirk. I think if Kirk can have the same mentality where – he trusts his athleticism and picks up a few first downs with his legs. It's, it's little things. You know, I, I, I don't think that we're looking for, you know, big leaps in improvement. It's just don't hurt yourself. Play discipline in the back end of your defense. And if, if Kirk can continue to make the throws that, that, he's, that he's making because he's been, you know, awesomely accurate in the first, part, the first two games of the season, if he can just use his legs a little bit more again, I think this game is in the bag. There will be a lot of opportunities for us to make some plays, but for the fans listening and the fans watching, there will be an opportunity for you guys to hear from KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson right after the break. Stay tuned for our guest of the week joining the Audible, Justin Jefferson, and his teammate in the wide receiver room, KJ Osborne, on the Vikings Audible presented by Verizon.
All right, we are back with another segment of The Audible presented by Verizon. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Ben Lieber. Our two player guests of tonight, Justin Jefferson and my guy KJ Osborne. And like I was telling you guys off camera, we're going to start this segment off with a little bit of trivia slash know your teammates. So, Justin, I got a question for you, man. You ready for this? I think so. <laughs> All right. So what college did KJ go to before going to the University of Miami. Buffalo. Buffalo. That was easy. <laughs> it was easy because we were talking. <laughs> I already knew that, though. I already knew that. You did? Did yeah, you I already knew that. Before? Yeah, I already knew that. I swear. Right, 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 right. We always talk about it. We always talk about over here talking about how he's getting some crap from teammates. Talking about Miami. And then I look down, I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's the first trivia question. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have went with that conversation but beforehand. One thing, one thing we didn't get to. Oh, we got, we got, we got another question for you since that was so easy. What number did he wear? Oh. At the <laughs> <of Buffalo>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, I'm a guess, though. Uh, this is kind of hard. It's kind of hard. I want to say five for some reason. Yeah, you vi- envision like an 80s number or like a single digit? Single digit. Okay. Is it three? Eight. Eight? I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that. Plus three. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed I really wanted number two. And okay. when I came in, we had a senior that was number two. So I got number eight. And then I just stuck with it. Like, it was no really reason for it. That's why when I went to Miami, I got two, though. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So what, so what was the impetus of going from the Buffalo Bulls to the Miami Hurricanes? Like, what was that thought process about? Um, you know, I just wanted to play in a big-time program. You know, uh, Miami, you know, the brand and the ACC, um, prime time. My quarterback, I went to the draft at that time um, from Buffalo, and I thought it was a good opportunity for me. So uh, I took the chance, and I think it paid off. It was, a, it was a good decision. Who else were you looking at? Was it, was it always just Miami? It was. When I came out, it was a lot of different schools. I, I, just like you, I was a two-star recruit, so I wasn't really used to that coming out. So I had all these schools talking to me, but I narrowed it down to Miami, uh, Florida State, and North Carolina. And... Um, and it really ended up came down to Miami, Florida State, and uh, I was happy at Miami. So outside of like you know the talent, like what was the big difference between the MAC and the ACC? Besides the talent, um, well, not not much actually. Okay. Um, it's just it's really just just the talent. Like it's just like the starters will be good, and it's just like it's just not a lot of fall off okay. um, from from the starters to like the twos or the threes. Um, other than that, though, um, the MAC like the guys play extremely hard, like big chips on their shoulders. So if anything, like the Mac guys, they it's like it's a little tougher because they they're working. Like people got a chip on their shoulder, where sometimes you know those big time guys, like it's not the same. All right, this is a question for both of you guys because you both play big time football. But you talk about Mac, about the Mac, you know, getting they get you know one of those big games a year. They get their their Miami is their mm-hmm. college football championship. So like preparing for those games, like do, do you go in with a chip on your shoulder? Like okay, these guys are coming in to, to beat it. I mean, every team's coming in to beat yeah, us, but they got a little right. extra juice. Right. Um, I mean, that's, that's what you really have to focus in on. Uh, don't matter the team, you still have to come prepared and ready to play. Uh, but I always feel like, you know, if there's the, like, the little teams, those are the stat games. <laughs> those are the stat games. <laughs> that's we're mostly getting out of halftime anyway, so I might as well do what I got to do. Like gonna do gonna get out. Like App State beat us. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that like, is true. That happened to us one time. We lost to Troy one time uh, my freshman year, our homecoming game. Not thinking, we, you know, wasn't yeah, thinking about thinking it. About your stats. That's yeah, yeah you know, that's homecoming shot. queen, homecoming queen. <laughs> what are we doing after the after game? game? <laughs> Wind up losing. <laughs> Crazy. 
See, for me, it's different because I had the best of both. So, you know, I was I was in the position where I'm playing the big time team and, you know, we like, you know, we want to prove that, you know, we can play on that level and, you know, we just as good as those guys. And then when I went to Miami and a smaller school come in, personally, I'm like, you know, they, they practicing hard this week. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to try to practice the same, like, same thing. I try to treat every team the same, but I was trying to relay the message to the guys, like, you know, that team coming in, like, they they ready to work. They're going to have a chip right. on their shoulder, and they're going to try to prove that, you know, they can play here too. So I kind of had a unique situation. All right, so here's the thing that always baffles me. So I'm a northern climate guy. You're a Michigan <laughs> guy, right? Yeah. Playing – so I played football at Kansas State. We're, like, right in the middle of the country. Mm. It's it's hot. It's a little humid. Yeah. I still cramped up a lot. Yeah. How the hell do you guys play football in August in training camp? in Louisiana, in Miami, Florida. How do you make it through? I don't know, honestly. Um, and don't tell me it didn't affect you. Oh, it definitely affected me. Oh my Good. gosh. 100% affected me, uh, especially in college. You know, we doing all the extra conditioning, extra running, uh, practices two hours long. So it definitely was tough, but uh, I mean, you just gotta push through it. Just gotta suck it up and and Did you ever going. have one of those, oh, please, God, let me get through this practice or let oh me get through God. this condition? All the time. Okay. <laughs> All the time. So, Maybe every day. So my thing is when I play, like, I always, I played in the South, so I played school in Virginia, and I, I'm from North Carolina. So when I played, I always played with long sleeves on. Oh, so I know oh. KJ got on long sleeves right now. Oh, but long sleeves, <laughs> it kept me cool. Like, it keep the sun rays off your body. Maybe I'm in the minority on this, but I'm cool with that. I ain't play with nothing yeah, on Louisiana, nah. <laughs> I, play, I play with just shoulder pads. Like, it was shoulder pads and then skin. And I, I keep it up here, so my... No I shirt? To, no half shirt? I didn't play with nothing on. Like, you can't <laughs> in Miami. Like, they, it's like, down there on Green Tree, you know, that's where all the legends practice. Mm -hmm. Like, Coach Diaz, they don't got no sympathy for you down there. Like, it get hot. Like, I've been... <laughs> and when I, you know, I came from Buffalo to Miami, so that was a huge difference for me. So, like... It's hot. I'm like, you know, I can't go on the indoor. Like, I'm going to the trainers. Like, you know, what's the what's the heat index? They like 115, 118. Like, man, I want to call my mama. I got me out here in this heat. I'm, I'm dying out here, man. What? Start contemplating your decisions. But one decision you didn't contemplate was your degree. Of course. FBI. Mm -hmm. You don't hear many athletes with the FBI degree. Yeah. That's uh, that's just something I'm I'm interested in. Um, so obviously I'm getting my master's from Miami. I got one more class to finish with my criminal justice degree. That's something I want to pursue after football. And um, that's always just, just something I want to do. Um, you know, after football, obviously you got to have a plan. So that's what I want to do. What made, you, what made you pick that though? You know, people ask me that and I can't really say that. Like, I don't know. I think it's like, I, don't, I never watched TV, but if I did, I watched like First 48 and like like those the type of shows, show. like the criminal, yeah. like I like like White criminal House, mind. like White House Down, like I want like yeah, maybe I like, like Secret that. Service. Yeah. I like that type of stuff. So, um, but a bird flew my house the other day and I was scared. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. So I don't know. So you're more of an investigator than you are like law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was terrified. <laughs> but, so. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know who Peanut Tillman is? Yes, yes. You know, he's an FBI agent. Yeah, I actually reached out to him like like a couple years ago just on Twitter. Like, I probably he probably wasn't going to reply. I know he gets a thousand messages probably, but I did. I reached out to him. Like, I think it was right after he retired. Mm -hmm. I heard his story and, and uh, things like that, so I reached out to him. Though. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's We'll pretty... make that happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you in. Because you played with Peanut, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to make cool. that happen. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Appreciate that. To, to, to lock in on the football field and then off the field, you go into a, a world where it's all about 
trying to figure things out. Like, mm-hmm. does that apply at all? Uh, I think it does, just like the concentration, just like the focus. It's just like one thing I try to live by, just be where my feet are. So when I'm at practice and I'm in the facility, you know, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm locked in on. And when I go to, and, you know, it was different because that's grad school. Like, you know, if you're an undergrad, you know, it's cool. Like, but, you know, you can kind of pace it through. But, you know, grad school, like, you're on your own. You know, you might have a class or two a week, and the classes are really long, and it's on you to, to do that stuff. And you got to know it. Like, it's not like, you know, that stuff you're not going to use. Like, you want to go, you know, and use that in your future. So um, I just try to be with my feet are when I step in class. You know, I, I lock in to, to what I got to do. Just this responsibility, really. You know, I think that's an interesting skill at such a young age. I mean, we talk about it all the time and like, it doesn't matter if you're going to some corporate America deal or whatever, like, hey man, to be successful, you gotta be present. Like, be present yeah. about, about where you are. Right. You guys are some, some young guys in the league. Um, how do you practice, both of them, you kind of just talked about, maybe this question is for you, Justin, like how do you, how do you practice with all the distractions that you guys have now, with social media, you know, just your regular media responsibilities, family, friends, social life, do you have any sort of things that you practice every day to keep yourself present? Like any mantras, anything that you like, inspirational um, words that you kind of lean on to make sure that you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm here at practice today. Mm-hmm. And while I'm in this building, this is all that matters. Right. Um, I just feel like I'm a just happy person, honestly. Um, I mean, I'm, I love football. I just love being around football. And I feel like football is just an escape for me. Um, you know, coming in here with Adam and the rest of these guys, they make me laugh every single day, uh, make me laugh, you know, and just make me love just being here. So when I come here, I don't think about all of the other stuff. I just thinking about being, being with them, uh, laughing with them, being around with them. And then when I get on that field, it's just me just enjoying my time, just me just having fun, just enjoying what I love to do. Uh, I can't really complain. I, I, my life is good right now. So. Yeah. I can't. I can't complain about it. That's anything. good, man. Don't don't treat it like like it's work. Yeah, right. right. But right. you talk about those meeting rooms and <laughs> just laughing and joking. So like, who who is the oh the wide receiver room <laughs> speaker box? We already know. It's so many. Like, uh, all right, this is how our room is set up. Um, so there's me and Adam at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, it's me, coach, coach, me, Adam, and him. And Dan, um, then below us is Weg is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so below us we have D.D. Westbrook. Uh-huh. He's the clown. He's oh my god, he's funny. He's country. Yeah. You know how he talks. Yep. Country people talk. He's his own person. Um, and then we have oh my gosh, we have Wop. <laughs> Wop. He from Tampa. Mm. He has Florida. his own little lingo. He's <laughs> <laughs> his own language. <laughs> and then we got a mirror all the way at the bottom in the front he row. He's like way in the front, three, three, four rows away. I swear you don't think he's in the front row because he like this the whole time. <laughs> Talking to us and joking around the whole time. And his mind races a thousand miles per hour. So, I mean, just having all of those guys in the room at the same time. Hectic, got, hectic, but characters. I mean, I, I love being around them. It, it's fun actually having a laid back 
uh, meeting room, you know, that, that I have fun with. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. and he is starting from the top. <laughs> He's like, this, this lasts all day in there. I was surprised to hear on your guys' little Vikings cam deal, I don't know when it was, you guys, were, people are talking about who's the biggest, I think Chris Boyd was talking about one of the biggest clowns on the team. Right. Yeah. And one of you guys mentioned Adam Thielen. Adam, <laughs> like, hey man, on the sly, people don't Adam know Thielen. That. People, people don't, don't know. People don't know that Adam is a goofball. Wow. He's just like his, he's just like his son. He's just an older <laughs> version of him. Like, Adam is running around, he's yeah. hyper, like yeah. he's off his coffee, yeah. he's talking, chatting. <laughs> People like, wouldn't know. We had walked through, like, Adam's talking. Adam, Adam, come on, Adam. Come on, Adam. Like, he just, he's saying the formation. <laughs> he just, he's talking back there. He did, Adam, he Adam, we over here. Like, we got to get him involved. It's, it's, just like, it's just like taking care of a little kid. It's, 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 so, it's so funny. It's so funny. That's awesome. Well, after we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit of football and then get you guys out of here. All right, we are back. This is The Audible, presented by Verizon. My name is Gabe Henderson, alongside Ben Lieber and the two wide receiver studs, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne. And Ben, I, I like to start this segment off by just framing this Ben's breakdown. So sure. take it away. Yeah, uh, I like the alliteration of that. You like <laughs> yeah, I like the you B know. and the B. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, so KJ, let's talk about this. Okay, so last week, Arizona Cardinals bomb down the field and there you are wide open first touchdown in your career what was that like what what can you tell us about the play like how did you get so wide open right. yeah. well uh, we have been running that play since since training camp and uh, every time I run it I just try to get really tight off JJ's heel so if we come and they do have to pick it off like I'm running too fast you know try to trip somebody up or or do something I was just kind of something I was doing on my own I really actually scored on that like way back in training camp, like the same way. And I tried to do the same thing in the game, and I executed it. Um, at number seven, he, he carried me, and then he dropped me, and I seen Kurt, he threw it. And after that, it was over. And I, thought, I caught it, everything after that was a blur. Um, and it was just a, a dream come true. Obviously, I talked to somebody, I mean, I've scored that touchdown in my head a thousand times since I was a little kid. Um, so it was a dream come true. Um, I was telling JJ, I know if I want to dance, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but uh, it was a fan talking to me in pregame. So I, I went right up to him and I was talking back at him. Yeah. I was looking at him in his face. So that was, that was pretty cool, a great moment. Um, it was cool. So you visualize the execution of the play, but you don't visualize the celebration. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. This never happens. happens like. Just oh, never make that. Yeah, you would never make that. The funny part is, after the touchdown, he was like, "Bro, I don't know what to do when I score." I was like, "Bro, just do whatever you, you know, whatever symbolizes you." I mean, you know, I got the gritty. You can take the gritty. If you know, you know, everybody like, do the gritty, but that's up to you. That's you know, you have your own little thing. So, were you the primary on that play? You were the number one read. It just depends on yeah. the defense. It, it depends just, on the defense. It, it, it yeah. But on the a defense. good chance that that ball, if if once you saw him drop you, you knew that that. Oh might. yeah, oh yeah. When I when majority I came, of his man to man, it was probably most likely go go to him. Right. Yeah. Because uh, of because of the switch. That's why yeah. I came off. I came off running, and then when he dropped me, and I looked back, and I, I made eye to eye contact with Kurt. I'm like, it was coming. Let's let's go time. Let's go. So when you guys get a when you guys get a call like that in the huddle, and you know there's a high probability that there's big play mm -hmm. coming, you say anything to yourself as you're running to the line getting set up. Or is it just more like being in the moment again? Me, like, I like I like to put in my head like, all right, just take the breath, mm -hmm. just calm down, 
focus and not mess up because you know when when you when you have a big play and you know it's coming to you you know you like to fall start uh, you like to like jump the snap a little bit uh so, so I yeah <laughs> I, did I did that the first game <laughs> yeah. so i like to just you know just stay comfortable and just go get it i know it's coming to me so i gotta go get it but when it's not coming to you and you know it's man to man and it's going to him I gotta, what set, like I gotta set it up, you know, yeah. I gotta make it look like it's I'm about to get the ball right. or I gotta pick it for him or I gotta set him up. So uh, either way, uh, just knowing the coverages and just knowing that, uh, you know, what, what jobs that we have to do. So KJ, when you're in that moment and you catch the ball, I mean, you're wide, I was about to use another word, but you're wide open <laughs> and you catch it and you see a defender, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Go. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah, really light. I thought I was more open than what I was, yeah. and so I was running. I, I was sprinting, but I wasn't like actually at top speed. I was just—it was like a, obviously not trot, but it was like, all right, yeah, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to walk in. And I seen him coming. I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> like he was like, because most like sometimes defenders like they'll just chill, like, oh, he's about to score, but he was coming. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I just gotta beat him to the pylon. So that's why I look back at the ref, like. Please be in, please be in. And then he, he gave me a touchdown. So. What if you got attacked on the one? No, because like, oh, yeah. yeah. No, then they was, they was reviewing it. And I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> please don't. Please don't call it back. Now I can visualize your guys' setup in the wide receiver room and how how, yeah. the, how the different levels of clowning was going to take place. Oh, would have gotten caught up. Oh, like, every, oh, it would Everybody chimed in. Everybody chimed in. It would have been bad. Have you ever been walked down, either of you? Oh, no, I've never been never. Ever. They're not going to admit that. Exactly. Come on. I, they never, know that. I never got walked down. They know that they're not going to go back and watch film and see. I've never been walked down. Never been walked down. So I know that's a special moment. Gotta, that, that feeling's got to be euphoric. But two weeks in a row, you've come down the stretch and made some really mm -hmm. tough catches yes. and clutch moments. I know that those aren't the times to like celebrate and do the gritty or something like that. But like, that's got to be a great feeling too, you know, when it's like it's third, third and got to have it, fourth and got to have it, right. and you're the guy that's making the play. Right. No, it, it is a great feeling. I think in the moment, like, I'm not thinking about it because I'm just so locked in on just just execution. Um, and that's all. They, like like the fourth down catch, you know, I, I kind of knew Kurt was coming to me. I mean, I got one on one. Um, you know, it's the, it's the it's the big leagues. You know, it's the NFL. Like one on one coverage. That's what you want. Fourth down. Like that's what you do all your off season training for. You know, it come down to that moment, one on one. So. Um, that's the play that you want to make for the team. You know, obviously, I just try to lock in and, you know, try to be consistent. So I've been able to do it two weeks in a row now. But, um, you know, I'm not even thinking about celebrating. No, I'm just so focused on because the job's not finished. You know, we're trying to get points on the board. You know, I got the first down or whatever, but we got to keep moving the ball down the field. 12 catches, 167 yards in two games, a touchdown. Um, I know we talked a little bit earlier this year, and you were talking about finding your role during training camp. Mm -hmm. Having a guy like J.J., you know, that's, you know, showed the way you guys came in during the same time, but that showed the way that, hey, you know, you can play it. And then using the energy that he brings that he gets from Adam, who's been here for a while, how has all that meshed together and you guys been able to complement each other? It's been lovely. I mean, I, I brought them together today. I, yeah, I came in between did. them. I said, thank y'all, man. I said, y'all y'all helped me out so much just with route running and, you know, just the art of playing receiver. Like, they don't know how much they helped me. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm always watching. I'm always watching. I'm watching their releases, how they're running routes, how they're using their hands, how they're catching the ball. Um, and it helps me. Um, I was even telling Adam, like, some of those third down plays that we call, it's like one, one, the one that he called on third and 10, I think it was, like, when the play got called, like, I felt comfortable. I'm like, oh, Adam, go get this. <laughs> and it's nice to play with guys like that where it's like you can get that comfort. Like, if I'm not making a play, he's going to make it or he's going to make it. Like, I was so happy, like, that we all scored. Like, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a dangerous trio. I feel like it can come to. And um, so I, just, I love it. I just try to feed off them guys. I know as a player, sometimes it's, it's dangerous in the course of the season to, to like want to reflect back yet because the job's not over yet. Season's still going on. But for you, you know, you made such big strides from the end of season through the off season, through OTA's mini camp into preseason. All of a sudden it's like, man, Kate, KJ's like really coming on in preseason. Like, mm-hmm. Was there a point in time in the off season where like there was that, that light bulb moment where you did feel like that switch clicked and you're like, ah, I, I, I can do this. I get this. This I, you know, I think it happened last year when I was on scout team. Um, a lot of guys, you know, not a lot of guys, some people, like, when they go to scout team, they're not playing. They're just out there just practicing. Like, I was out there with the ones, and I was trying, like, my best. Again, I was watching other guys, and I was trying to work my craft. I'm like, cause I knew, you know, my, the time's going to come. You know, if I continue to work, like, I have my whole career, like, the time where I can get on the field is going to come. So, you know, when I, if I was, like, beating the ones, you know, uh, last year during scout team, that's where I'm like, you know, I can play in this league. And I remember... Um, we were in Detroit, like the last game of the season, and I'm looking in the mirror before we leave the hotel, and I'm like, next year I'm not gonna feel like this. Mm-hmm. Like next year, this last game of the season, I'm not gonna feel like this personally. And then from the day after that, um, I was working my butt off to, to get ready for a big year too. Before we move to our communities portion of the show, um, we talked your route running, we've talked your route running, but I'm gonna preface this question by saying, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm pissed at what Adam does. I'm like, how is this guy continuing to get open? Like. What is he doing to, to make you fall or break your ankles when you guys are in the same receiving room as him? Like, what makes Adam special? Uh, he's very technical. Um, he's very smart. He's a, he's a veteran, so he's been, been in the league for nine years, and he's seen it all. He's seen all of the, the top corners. He's been, been against them, so uh, he knows what, what different releases to use, uh, what ways to get open. Uh, it's it's crazy. He's so patient, uh, route running wise, and um, I mean, I feel like he never oversteps. He never over oversteps or ever like does. He, it's like he always wins. Yeah, like every route he yeah, wins. Yeah, it's like, very it's very crazy. But um, I mean, that's just how technical sound that he is, and it, it's good to to play with him and and see that from him because I'm learning from him. We're all just just visitors in Adam Thielen's world. It's also also Adam Thielen's community, being from Minnesota um, and the community. You guys were both in the community um, this past week, right, Ben? Yeah, uh, just this past week, you and I uh, were at a Habitat for Humanity build, and and it was kind of the Vikings build week. Uh, I saw you with with the drill. Right. <laughs> putting, putting some putting some sheetrock in. Yeah. I'm not gonna like break that down. <laughs> but you know, uh, a wonderful young lady. I believe her name was Gretchen. Gretchen. Uh, you know, was was uh, kind of awarded this house and given this house from her for her struggles. What was that day like for you to do something in the community that where you're actually getting your hands dirty? Right. You know, it's not just to show up and like right. take a few pictures. Like right. you're getting your hands dirty in there, and you're actually learning a new skill that you probably never was did. evident to me that you've never done. <laughs> No, it was it was great, man. It was great, like, to to go to you know a place like that and just see the smiles on um, on Gretchen and her mother's face, you know, little teary eyes. Like they were, it was it was great, and uh, it was it was a blessing to be able to go out and help them. And again, like you know, really getting my hands dirty. It's different from just smiling and waving. You know, I'm actually you know helping you know build a house. That's like I was, I was drilling. I was making sure that there was in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But no, uh, it was it was great, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing more things like that in the community and get involved. Uh, would you would you consider yourself um, a constructive person? Like, does that fit your mentality a little bit, or would you would would you be the type of guy they call you in when a house needs to be torn down, and you're like, yeah, give me a sledgehammer, I'll 
I can do some work. With he just pleasure. ran out of her house because of a fly. Trying to make it seem no, no, I think I think I'm 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 constructive. I'm I'm a I'm a like I like to go by directions. Like I'm I'm very organized. So I think if I learn, I can. Build. I built I built a bookshelf like last week for my kid. Like wow. I, went, I went down up so you feel me? Well, little things. Well, the direction for Sunday is to beat the Seattle Man. Seahawks. KJ, always a pleasure talking to you. Looking Thank forward you. to seeing you do work this upcoming Sunday. We'll talk a little ball after that. But for KJ Osborne. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, welcome back to The Audible, presented by Verizon, Gabe Henderson, alongside Ben Lieber and Justin Jefferson. And JJ, we just had your teammate KJ Osborne on. Good conversation, good energy. Yeah. But Earlier this week, I was talking on our Minnesota Vikings podcast, and I said, man, it's so great to have fans back. And now I don't get the opportunity to hear J.J.'s hills when he's gritty in an end zone. <laughs> I can hear fans screaming. But for you, like, you haven't seen fans at U.S. Bank Stadium before. So how, how hype are you right now? Uh, I'm very, very, very hyped. Um, you know, we've been talking. Uh, Coach Zen was just talking about how loud the stadium is going to be and um, you know how how pumped up the the fans are going to be in the stadium and uh, I'm just you know imagining that in my head and uh, just excited to do my gritty in the end zone. <laughs> but it, you shouldn't have to imagine too much because I've heard that there are a handful of places in college football that you have to experience. Oh, for sure. Box checking, LSU is one of them. Oh, LSU. 100%. Night game, prime time, 100%. I heard is the most electric yeah. atmosphere. So you don't really have, just put your <laughs> mind, just put your mind back there. And that's, that's basically what you're going to have on Sunday. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's just the fact that I didn't have that last year. Yeah. So I went from that loud electric fan base to having zero fans. Yeah. And that junk was just different and crazy for me. So do you remember your first primetime game in college with that fan base? Like, do you yeah. remember the emotions and like, was it just a different feel than just a normal Saturday afternoon? Definitely different. Um, you know, cause, cause when we walk in college, when you walk out the stadium, it's practically full or, you know, if it's primetime game, it's pretty much full. Yeah. So uh, for my first time walking in there, you know, against Alabama, against Florida, uh, seeing all of the fans and, you know, it's Saturday night. Oh man, chills. Yeah. I, I just chills thinking about it. I, oh my God. So how did you get yourself up when you had no fans versus coming from a year where you can look up and it's like, oh, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, just just going off fumes, uh, okay. going off self-emotion um, and just trying to find any any way possible to get pumped up. If it's listening to music or uh, I mean, I'm just self-motivated. So uh, I just want to go out there and just give it my best every single game. So that's how I got motivated to go out and show it up. You know, I know a lot of defenses, um, well, for, for Vikings home games, right, as a, as a defensive player, you want that crowd to be yeah. hyped up, yeah. right? But it's still relatively loud when you guys are on the field. Do, in the course of the week, are you guys still practicing your nonverbal communication, your hand signals, yeah. all of those things? Just because even at home, the crowd can be loud for enough sure. to mm -hmm. disrupt your guys' communication. Yeah, uh, for sure. And that's why we practice with uh, a little bit of the crowd noise uh, to help us you know, communicate a little better, uh, yell a little bit louder. <laughs> and uh, I mean, just, just communicate as a whole. So um, doing that at practice help us out 
You know, I know you guys do a lot of game playing for yourself during the course of the week, but you know, as a former player myself, I understand that you're doing a lot of film watching and you just yeah. kind of watch other people. What are your impressions of DK and Tyler on the other side of the ball? DK is uh, physical, strong, fast, tremendous receiver. Um, he's definitely a problem. Uh, and Tyler, he's sneaky. <laughs> Very sneaky, man. You never know where he ends up, but he catches the ball every time. He makes some fantastic catches. So uh, definitely got to be on him. And uh, I mean, Russ, it's tough, especially yeah. when he get out the pocket. So mm -hmm. we definitely got to contain him and make sure uh, D Hunter back there getting the sack. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking down the door. I know you, I know you, I like the kick too. <laughs> you been working on it? Yeah. I've been yeah. working on it. I've been working on it. So is he, is he learning the gritty? Yeah, he. I think he tried to hit the gritty uh, last game. It's, I feel like he's too strong. <laughs> you can't be that big. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta have a little more flexibility. <laughs> yeah, like you. For sure. like, I mean, even even at, even Adam, you can use still use some work. He, he needs to go do some Pilates before. He... <laughs> For sure. But I mean, you talked about DK. I know that on the I Am Athlete podcast last year that you did, y'all two were yeah. sitting in the seat together. You had him in your top five, yeah. and I know. I mean, he, he's working towards that. But like, do you guys? look at that duo and say like okay that's the bar they're setting we gotta exceed that bar oh for sure uh i mean they're they're a fantastic duo uh they're killer athletes they're been doing some tremendous things um years and years to come yeah. uh so i mean we we just want to be the best that we can be yeah. uh we have kind of different styles of offense and uh different styles of play so um i mean we just trying to trying to be the best that we can be for our offense i heard that you know, you mentioned the gritty, and I know, and I know the gritty was a thing before you kind of made it a big thing yeah. on the national stage. But now all these, now everybody's doing it. <laughs> if, if you're from anywhere in the boot, yeah. you feel like you have the right to do the gritty. Let yeah. me add to that. I coach high school football, and my players do the gritty after, like, after practice. <laughs> or like, do, like, even like in between yeah. a play. So like the phenomenon of it, like how it's grown yeah. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, that's got to feel good that you sort of brought this thing that's um, you know, a Louisiana deal, mm -hmm. and you made it mainstream. But at the same time, aren't you like, you guys are taking my dance. You guys are taking my celebration. <laughs> Trey patting it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's like that. But then again, uh, I think of it towards of all the love that, you know, that's spreading towards me. You know, a lot of people know that it's coming from me. Uh, so, I mean, seeing different kids, seeing different people do it, um, seeing other defenders do it, thinking they're hmm. like, uh, yeah. you know, scaring me or whatever, imitating me. Uh, but I mean, I love it. I, I like the I like the the energy. Has yeah. this become a TikTok thing yet? I I think I, so. Has it? Okay. I mean, my kids are kind of on it. I mean, during the pandemic, it was way like hotter to, right. yeah. to do the dances and stuff. But I have to imagine there's got to be some sort of TikTok thing out there. <laughs> I can only imagine like your mentions or people yeah. just doing it gritty and yeah. just all the time, all the time, <laughs> but all with, the time. With that said, you know, keeping the main thing the main thing is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Because, you know, while this is going big, I mean, your play has to continue to get better in order for it to keep getting bigger and right. you keep making a statement. So right. how important is that to you keeping the main thing the main thing? Uh, very important. And um, I mean, that's just focusing up every single day, uh, coming to practice, ready to go, uh, coming to the game, 
ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, just working on the things that I need to work on. Uh, if it's catching, uh, if it's running routes, if it's staying with Kirk, trying to get extra reps in. Uh, so whatever it takes to, to better myself and uh, to, to get that connection with Kirk. You know, kind of going back to what I had the previous question about, about DK and Tyler, I'm sure that through the power of observa observation, you're watching other receivers kind of do their thing. Yeah. If you could take bits and pieces from other receivers and just kind of mold them to yourself and your game, could you give us some insights on like some players that you watch, some mm -hmm. of the skill sets that they have, things oh, that sure. you're watching for? Uh, route running wise, um, like I'll, I'll do a step by step actually. Um, release wise, I will want either Devontae Adams or Keenan Allen. Mm. That release wise, I love their releases. Keenan doesn't get a lot of love. He doesn't get as he much doesn't love at all. Yeah. He's very, very underrated. underrated. Very underrated. Uh, route running wise, uh, I'm a big fan of Odell. I always watched Odell, uh, so I'm a big fan of his. I love his route running. So I'm gonna say his route running. What is it? About, I'll stop you there. What is it about? Like, is it like slitheriness? Yeah. Uh, just getting in and out of breaks. Of the, the way he moves. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he makes things look the same, but put an extra little something something oh, to the top. Yes. Yeah. Put yeah. some spice <laughs> to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, I like that, and that's that's how I play. So. Uh, I'll say Odell on that, and um, hands-wise, I gotta go with D Hop, um, one of the strongest pair of hands that I ever seen. So, definitely him. Yeah, man, that, that's. I feel like if you added all that to your game to what you're already doing now, yeah. I mean, we're talking. Oh, I'm yeah. not even gonna speak too soon, but we're, we're, <laughs> talking, we're talking something great. And I'm expecting a great game on yeah. Sunday from you, man. I know we talk a lot off camera, all three of us, and I'm expecting a lot of work put in against the Seattle Seahawks defense. And for Justin Jefferson, my man Ben Lieber, I'm Gabe Henderson. Guys, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Audible presented by Verizon.